John Jones, we are live. Is the goat? John Jones is the goat. Yeah, he is. Well, look at you talking about UFC. Happens. What is this? Hey, what is this? Hey, look, US, UFC two eighty five got me hooked. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you need to start watching because there's a lot of more. There's several. I started on the way. I started. Yes, I know. I started with. Uh, the Cody uh, Gam- Gambrant. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name. Cody Gambrant in the prelims. In the prelims, that was the last oh, Gamrot. Yes, that was the last fight of the prelims. Yes. Watched all of the main card. Got to be honest, Reagan. Got to be honest. Um, the Rockmanov fight was the best fight of the night for men's. The best fight of the night though was Grasso and Valentina. It was a very good fight. Uh, I mean, because of the upset. Because of the upset. I mean, yes, it's the best fight of the night. Upset. Um, great fight. So she submitted her, dodged the, uh, dodged the, uh, I don't know how he spinning back kick. Yeah. Immediately was on top of her. Yep. Submitted her. Awesome. Phenomenal. And yeah. then the Rockmanov fight, dude. That dude's he's a, that dude's a cold blooded killer, bro. Yep. Yeah, he is. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel? I've been on knocking on – okay, look. Let me tell you about Bo Nickel, Zach. <sighs> I've been knocking on Bo Nickel for a while now. I watched Bo Nickel back on the Dana White Contender Series. I watched both of his fights. Well, and of course, this was his debut, and you don't hardly ever, ever see a guy get his debut main card. Yeah. Um, Bo Nickel is that special. Um, he has now, in his three fights within with the UFC, two on the Contender Series, and, of course, his fight um, on Saturday has finished in the first round, all three fights, by submission. Um, he He's a freak. He is a freak athlete. Um, some people may know him back from his Penn State days, national champion wrestler at Penn State. He was the Big Ten, not wrestler of the year. He was the Big Ten male athlete of the year. Um, Yeah, dude's a a freak of nature. And um, for him to go in there and handle uh, Pickett the way he did um, on his debut, look, he didn't get – so his first two fights, he got a finish within the first minute. Less than a minute, he had finished the fight. Yeah, uh, he did not finish it in less than a minute was it on two, Saturday. Two and a half. It was like two and a half minutes. But he had he had uh, um, gotten within his position to get the submission and was holding it there in less than a minute. 
And he stayed there for the next two minutes until the dude finally tapped. Uh, he had to adjust his his guard a little bit to finally get the 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 full squeeze. And and when he did, it was over. I, I mean, the dude, the dude just is a is a freak. So, um, I I am I am so so pumped for Leon and um, Usman the trilogy in O two. Zach, I'm telling you right now. If you you thought that was fun in Vegas, over in England, in London, England, when they go to the O2, it is freaking lit. I'm I'm telling you, them them UK people, <laughs> they know to have how to have freaking fun, and they know how to make an environment electric. I am telling you right now, the the O2 arena when they go there is is amazing. The last time they went there was when Meatball Molly. And Patty Pimblett fought, and the um, oh man, his last name starts with an A. I can't remember. I think it's Tom Aspinall and and Curtis Blades were fighting in the main event. Dude, O2 is lit, um, and, and they love their fighters. So Leon, the hometown boy, obviously deserves to have a fight uh, to maintain his belt against Usman in his. Um, in his home country, and, and it's going to be amazing. I, I cannot wait for that. Um, a lot of people think that Usman's going to come out there and absolutely dominate. I, I'm not writing that off. I, I think that's definitely possible, but I want Leon to win again um, because that last fight with Leon was just movie. I, I mean, it, it, you could make a movie out of it. It, it, it was, was just it was so fantastic. Movie-esque. A lot of people saying, you know, he was kind of lucky, though, because uh, – Usman had beat up on him for four. Oh my gosh! If I hear someone say one more stinking time that it is a lucky kick, I'm going to lose my mind. The dude, he set the kick up the entire freaking fifth round. I've heard people say it was a lucky shot enough. Leon picked his tail up after the fourth round. Decided he was going to do something about it. Set the jab up the entire round. He fakes with the jab, goes with the hook. Usman leans and he drop kicks him. It was it was clearly set up. That it was not luck. And I know Zach, you're you're new to UFC and may not understand that. And have heard people say it's luck. Do not yeah, listen so. to the dummies who say it's luck. <laughs> listen, listen. I mean, the dude landed a kick. I mean, it's that's not what like you're supposed to do. You either win by out. decision or win by he knockout. He didn't just throw his leg out there and was hoping that he connected with the dude's face. Exactly. You know, he 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 threw the kick yes. intentionally on on purpose. That's not lucky. That's strategy. Thank, thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds like you have a brain between your ears. <laughs> Golly, it is lucky. It is lucky. Might have to get some of our friends to uh, listen in uh, to the yeah, first. Can't, part of this he's one of them Kenny's we, one of we, them. we're gonna have to move on probably here to to lsu great yeah, have, great, uh, to, great yeah. ufc uh card though yes absolutely it, it was great um and and john jones it, he's the goat that was amazing i i'm telling you right now surreal gone is a an athletic freak and to see him get manhandled like that was it blew my mind it really did because Surreal Gone has absolutely dissected a few heavyweight guys. Um, so that was very impressive. 
Yeah. Uh, Zach, two things about LSU before we get into the, the weekend recap that we need to mention, two brief things. Uh, I'll start with – well, I guess they're both positive news, so I'll start with the less positive of the two. Um, a while back, there was a report that came out that um, Malik Neighbors had been arrested uh, on a weapons charge um, in New Orleans, and, I mean, things have worked out. The charge has been dropped. Uh, Brian Kelly made mention today that he will not, he will not miss any game time, and that the discipline of uh, of the action um, will be within the team, and and they will do that within the team. So he will not miss any game time. So that's awesome. That's phenomenal. Obviously, you don't want a guy like Malik Neighbors missing any game time. And I don't know the circumstances around what happened. I don't know why he had the gun. Uh, or, or anything. I, I'm guessing it was an, a, a, you know, he had it illegally. Um, yeah. But look, dude, you're, you're down in New Orleans. Uh, if I'm down in New Orleans, I'm probably going to be strapped too. Just, <laughs> I mean, so I get it, but do it legally. They're going to handle it within the charges have been dropped. Great news. And he will not miss any game time. So really, really glad to, to hear that about LSU's star receiver this next uh, season. Uh, the other great news, Zach, I know you've seen it today. Uh, Mason Lunsford, the Miami – or excuse me, not Miami, Maryland uh, O-line transfer has committed to LSU. Yeah. It's really great news. Uh, Zach, this guy has uh, started the last two seasons at Maryland uh, at the left guard position. He started all 13 games this year uh, at left guard as well. So you really needed some depth. Uh, you kind of traded off with Maryland. You sent – uh, Dumerville up to Maryland, and and you got Lunsford back. So you kind of traded off there with Maryland uh, with Olaman. You needed some depth, uh, so really glad to have him uh, as well. Zach, baseball weekend. It was a full weekend. Uh, lots of games, uh, obviously, um, which, I, which I loved. Yeah, absolutely. I always love watching the games, uh, and it was a very Zach. I think this was a very successful weekend for LSU for, for multiple reasons, but I'll let you uh, kind of give your thoughts and share your thoughts first. Yeah. Uh, so first, again, before we get right into that, you also had two uh, players that committed for the 2024 class. Yes. Um, and the famous YouTuber destroying went on a visit to LSU which you can go check on his YouTube. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. cool. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I, 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 I plan on watching it uh, pretty soon after this. So um, those are just a, a couple of the tidbits. Um, so you know, a lot of people already know about that, but those were interesting things from this week. Um, from this weekend, um, yeah, gotta love what you saw from the baseball team. They really just went out and they did what they were supposed to do. Um, but what was Major, major positives from this weekend is you saw the strikeouts go down, which has become a concern, uh, especially last, uh, you know, it started against Texas, kind of trickled in. Um, well, it started the weekend before, you know, was really bad at Texas. You know, Friday night against Butler, it was bad as well. So you're like, oh, boy, here we go again with the strikeouts. They had 11 strikeouts on Friday night. So – began to get concerned about the strikeouts, but then really the rest of the weekend didn't have any issues with it. 
They struck, uh, they, excuse me, they walked 27 times. They struck out 23 times on the weekend. So really, really good job by the baseball team uh, to kind of come back this weekend. And I, and I get it, a lot lesser opponent. Um, and, you know, teams threw lefties at LSU because LSU struggles to hit lefties. Um, Graverson against for Butler on Friday night did a really good job to start the game. Yeah, it did. LSU's bats eventually broke through. You know, as they started to be able to get down his timing, you know, because his fastball was like, I think, what, mid 80s, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, um, for him, for them to be able to kind of work through that, uh, you know, it was weird. It was awkward having to deal with that lefty that tops out at mid 80s, but they worked through that. Um, they hit, and not only did they hit, but you saw guys that were in some slumps get out of slumps and begin to hit. You saw guys that uh, kind of emerge themselves, right? So guys that hit out of slumps, right? Uh, Trey Morgan, um, Tommy White specifically. Those two specifically really had a phenomenal weekend. Tommy White seems like he burst onto the scene, especially on Saturday. Um, so those were two guys that you, you love to see. Guys that kind of came onto the scene, um, Obviously, the biggest of them all was Kay Beloso. Um, and, you know, we got to a point where we were screaming uh, on, on I think it was Saturday or maybe it was Sunday. No, I think it was Sunday. Hey, like, get this man a start. Start this man. Unfortunately, Bear Jones is, you know, kind of the, I guess you would say, casualty of the weekend. Like, yeah. you didn't see him he, have he's a having a, He's having a flump himself. Bryce Collins is kind of one of those guys, too. Yeah. Didn't have a great week. Outside of those two guys not having a great weekend, everybody else looked great. I know Griffin Heron kind of struggled some too, but um, everybody else looked phenomenal. Guys came out of slumps. Guys emerged. Another guy that emerged was, as we've talked about, Ethan Frey. And I don't want to talk a whole lot about this weekend because I know there's already been a lot of other platforms that have done so, but you run ruled everybody pretty much. I know on Friday night they didn't run rule. And then eventually they all the home teams, all the away teams were like, okay, let's let's do a run we'll roll. We'll do the run roll. <laughs> Thank goodness they did, or else they would have been playing games for and I understand why Jay Johnson wants to do that. He gets wants to get some more guys involved. But I want to share our text from last night. Um, so Reagan decides to hit me up after the ball game. Uh you know, and if I if I if if Reagan ever texts me individually, like it's just me and him. I know he's like super serious because like we have, we have conversations and group messages and, you know, we have like these LSU uh, text threads that we're talking with people about and, you know, just sharing, you know, general knowledge of the game and stuff like that. Right. You know, but when we want to get serious, like me and Reagan text each other, just each other. <laughs> um, so Reagan hits me up tomorrow night or last night, excuse me. Um, and he, he, first off, he, he you know he mentions the the Kling and Neil. Those were also some guys that kind of broke uh, out yeah, no this kidding. weekend, which I have to agree. You know, you've been going for the last few week few weekends. You've been saying, you know, who is going to be that other outfielder? We know we've got uh, Trey right now. We know we've got Dylan Cruz. Um, who's going to be that other outfielder, especially right now, while um, Tommy White is still out? And Trey is filling in a left. You know, who's going to be that guy? 
And Paxton Kling made a massive statement this weekend. Oh, huge. And I have to agree with you. Um, Neil has very clearly solidified the catcher spot. It's very, very evident that Neil is your starting catcher. No questions asked. Um, only time you're going to see Milazzo is when they need to sub in for a substitute uh, or defensive substitution. That's the only reason you're going to see Milazzo because Brady Neil. Yep, if on, you have a lead at the end of the game, you'll probably see him. You'll in probably the, exactly seven, eight, nine, defensive 30. substitution. Get the game over with. Um, they both hit home runs this weekend, which was awesome. So me and Reagan are talking about all this, and <laughs> we start typing. I see he's typing. He probably sees I'm typing. And literally, at the same moment, we sit without without asking, without asking each other, at the exact same moment, we send our ideal lineups, which you know <laughs> we kind of we kind of tweeted uh, at I think on Sunday, but we didn't ask for it. You know, we didn't prompt it. Reagan just starts typing. He sends his ideal lineup. I started typing. Literally, like he sends his, and within two seconds, I send mine. And then I scroll back up because he had sent a message. I'm like, this man literally just sent me his ideal lineup, and I just sent him the same thing. So I'm like, let me go through and see what he said. <laughs> Not only did we have everybody exact, but in the DH spot, we both listed three names. We both list them in the exact same order. <laughs> and we also listed, which we didn't really give a a lineup, a batting lineup, but we, we listed them in the exact same order. Like So – Exact same thing. Let me let me tell y'all what we listed. Okay, <laughs> so this is me and Reagan's. We are a hundred percent on this. A hundred percent. You can't be more a hundred percent. So our ideal lineup moving forward, and yes, moving forward. I even when Tommy White comes back. Okay, yes. I need to make. I need to. I need to state that preference. Yes. I need to state that because when y'all hear who our left fielder is, you're gonna be like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> In left field, Trey Morgan. Yeah. Yes. Even yeah. when Tommy White is healthy, put yeah. Trey Morgan in left. Yes. He is probably your one of your best outfielders. Um, he he might I think he might be your second best outfielder right now. Uh, I'd say Kling is better outfielder. Kling, Kling but in terms of defense, athletically, probably. No, probably I mean, he's. I'm not saying Trey is lesser than him, but I mean, in terms of like what you're looking for in an outfielder and like. Probably clean. Okay, so let's, Trey has done excellent. Trey I'll be, I'll be, I'll, be um, I'll, I'll go a little bit broader. Trey is your three, you know, one of the three best outfielders. Yes. And so he should yes. be out there. He should be out there regardless. Yes. He's, 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 he's one of the top three outfielders in this lineup right now on the, on this team right now. Uh, experience wise, like he's, he's top three. So we listed Trey Morgan at left field, center field, you already know, Dylan Cruz, right field. This is our, you know, ideal lineup moving forward. Uh, Paxton Klingon right. Third base, Tommy White, when he's healthy. Shortstop, Jordan Thompson. Second base, Dugas. First base, Cade Beloso, who is hitting. He's, he, he, he's, he's, on, he's fire. on fire right now. He's on fire right now. He two hits last night. And he start. gets a start. What does he do? He immediately comes up and hits a RBI single. He got on base three times, got plunked once too. He got plunked once, got two singles. He did what you and and I mean, the other and the other uh at, the one out they had was was pretty close. I think I'm pretty if I remember correctly, I think the shortstop or the third baseman kind of had to make a play. Yeah, there. yes, they did. It was going up the middle, but it was kind of a slow roller, so he was able to get there. 
Yeah. So uh, Beloso at first, Neil at catcher, and then we both listed three guys for DH. But both of us listed Ethan Frey first. Yeah. Then Jones, then Joe Bear. So it's it's very clear from the Tigers <laughs> Avenue who we would love to see moving <laughs> forward in this lineup. Now, that's not exact batting order. That's just who we want to see on the field and be in the batting lineup. Yeah. That's who we want out there. Um, and I think, you know, after you watch this weekend, you know, that's – I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can get around. You know, maybe you move – maybe you put uh, Joe Bayer in, in, in left and then you move uh, Neil to – or, no, excuse me, uh, Morgan to first base. But then, you know, and then, then you put Beloso at DH, maybe. Uh, I, you know, I'd be I'd be okay with that as well. I'd be okay with that as well. I, I'm I'm not arguing that. You put Beloso at DH, you put uh, Joe Bear in the outfield, and then you put uh, Morgan back at first. That's fine, too. These are just the people that I want. But I really want to see Ethan Frey get some more at-bats. I really do. And I, I got to believe – I know he's in a slump right now. I got to believe that Bear Jones is – going to get definitely some more at-bats and and see if he can work out of the slump. But this weekend was awesome. It, it was really good to see. Again, lesser opponent understand it, but here's here's what you saw. You saw Ty Floyd, get a, Ty Floyd get a start on Saturday outside of the solo shot, looked phenomenal, looked dominant, had command, and his two his two, um, his two change-up balls, I mean, they were working for him. His two, his two slower pitch balls, they were working for him. Then you had Thatcher Hurd come in on Monday, and he was dominant. He struck out the first six batters, just completely dominated. What you want, what you've been wanting to see out of Thatcher Hurd, I mean, just amazing. Okay, I finally got it. Off speed. I don't, why could I not think of that word? Off speed. <laughs> <laughs> the two off speed pitches for Ty Floyd were working. He, he was locating very well on Saturday. Um, Thatcher Hurd shined. You gotta believe going into next weekend. You're going to see Skeens on Friday. Saturday, you're going to see Floyd. And then Sunday, you're going to see Thatcher Hurd. And maybe, you know, Chase, maybe you see Chase Shores on on Sunday. You know, he's the first one to come in after Thatcher Hurd starts. But that that's what I've what I've got to believe. Um it's been it's been a great weekend, honestly, overall, outside of the the few players that we mentioned that are in slumps right now and kind of stayed in some slumps. Um, Bryce Collins. Uh, Bear Jones, those those guys, and, and Griffin Heron a little bit. Those guys kind of struggled this weekend. I understand it, but the rest was phenomenal. So, Reagan, I'll shut up. What what did you think about this weekend? Well, first of all, I want to address Peyton's uh, uh, comment in here because the logic behind it doesn't make very much sense. The the logic behind Peyton, brother, come on now, L- let's think it through for a second. Okay, I. I I'm I'm assuming that this is he's being sarcastic. sarcastic. Yeah, he's being, he's being sarcastic. sarcastic. I don't know how I'm, how let's see. I'm how talking about this is. one. Come on, bro. So you're telling me, you're telling me we, we, that you want to put Jones and Joe Bear back in the lineup when there's better pitching, when they're striking out and really struggling against the subpar pitching. It, it does that. I mean, that just don't make sense. If they're struggling against Butler and Central Connecticut and cannot even like, like I just want you to put the ball in play and not strike out three, four times a game. Like, bro, 
You, you want to put them back in the lineup when there's better pitching over the guys who are hitting the subpar. Like, that just doesn't make sense, dude. That just doesn't make sense. As of right now, these are the guys who are hitting. These are the guys who are hitting against the lesser pitching. If it's lesser pitching and there's guys that are really, really struggling, then, then when it comes to good pitching, it's probably going to get worse. So let's, I mean, come on, use a little logic behind that there. I mean, I don't, geez. Now, the Golden Boot made a good point. Uh, we'll continue to harp on this. We have, but he said, uh, I am a late for the great Jordan Thompson praise. A lot of people owe him he a lot. He deserves the praise. He, he and he was great it. this week. He was great this weekend defensively. Con continued to not he still doesn't have an error. Continue to play great defense. And he's a guy that like he doesn't pop, you know, when he's hitting the ball. Like he's not, you know, he's not like Dylan Cruz, like oh, every now and then. You know, he's not like Gavin Dugas where you know he's he's getting home. I mean, he does have one on, on the season, but like he's consistent. He's hitting over 350 right now. Um, yeah. which is which is great. So it's it's it, it feels good. like you don't see the production out of him, but there's clearly production always always he's hitting over, over three fifty. And and the fielding guys, the fielding. I don't like like we all talked about it. Like we want to see the fielding improve. I and mean, I don't know if it's being talked about enough. Zach, you are fielding third best in the country in the country right now. Which I, I don't know if you I don't, I don't know where you got that stat, but I, I listened to uh Chris DeMuey's sixty foot six inch LSU pod today, and he stated that they're yeah. right now they're they're tied with I, I think Tennessee for third in the country. Uh, fielding, which I mean, considering what you did last year, how amazing of a jump is that? Yeah, and 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 what's so crazy to me is the the three errors. One of them was a pitcher, like not an everyday fielding. One of them was a bunt that that probably should have rolled foul that Trey Morgan got a little jumpy on, and then the other one was your backup. Uh, second baseman Gavin Guidry in like the bottom of the eighth or, or like the top of the eighth inning, like late game didn't which, uh, matter. Which speaking of Gavin Guidry, holy cow, phenomenal job pitching Friday night. Now, yeah, yeah, note. Gavin Guidry looked great. On, on, on side note, but awesome. Yeah, he did, he did. Um, and it was fun to just watch him on the mound. I, I mean, to yeah. go from you know you seeing him in a in a backup like second base, shortstop, something roll. And then him come in and, and, and do that. Yeah, that was yeah. that was really cool. Um, but, yes, Jordan Thompson deserves uh, all the praise. His defense has been phenomenal, uh, been great at the plate. Um, so, yes, he deserves the praise. And we all owe him an apology uh, for doubting him and, and, and bashing him a little bit last year. He's been great. And, and Zach – I think the lineup that we listed, if it continues to be consistent, can be absolutely dangerous. Yep. Look, I'm not saying Jones and Joe Bear never come back in the lineup again. That is not what we're saying. We know what Jones and Joe Bear can do, but both of them are very similar. Uh, they're they're big guys with big power, but they have a huge gap in their swing, uh, and they 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 get down in counts early, and every now and then they run into a ball. Uh, that is how Joe Bear was last year. His his average was was well below 300, but he ran into a few balls and he was streaky. We want consistent hitting. We want. I don't want just you know 10 home runs, but you're batting you know 230 
and you're not producing when there's runners on the base. Right. When there's run on the bases, Zach, there's been multiple times when he when Joe Bear has come up to bat and he's had runners in scoring position and he just has not executed. He has like with less than 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 two outs, you need to be just at least at least put the ball in play. Hit a hit a a routine fly ball like. Get a ground ball, turn the ball over. But when you're not putting the ball in play at all, you are not producing even when you're out. You know you can't stay in the lineup if you're just striking out two, three, four times a game. You're you're not producing in any way. I, look right now, Zach. Right now, until uh, Tommy White gets healthy, I want Napolt over at third base. Because he's going to be a better defender than than Joe Bear is, and Napolt, even though his batting average is really low, he puts the ball in play. He gets our you know sacrifice ground balls, a sacrifice fly ball, you know something. And then last night, of course, I know it was late in the game when he came in and whatnot, but, but he, got he throws hit. the ball out in the gap. Like he's he puts the ball in play, and I would rather someone be in the lineup who puts the ball in play than someone who does not. So and Joe Bear just seems like that just seems weird to me. Him at third base, like when I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, what?" I mean, he turned a double play and wasn't bad. I mean, yeah. he didn't committed an error, but yeah. in terms of his offense, I just don't think you can keep him in the lineup. I, I just don't uh, yeah, think you can. It's just five right now, uh, and you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we see him be a little bit more consistent um, with his approaches at the bat than just be swing and miss because. I know they've a lot of swing and miss. They, they have worked on that with him a lot this offseason. And so I'm I'm hoping that because he's a guy that when the production is there, like you're gonna put him in over Napoleon, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. The is there. He like, gets streaky and, and he'll he hit like three home runs in a matter of two just, games. Just a little bit more consistency and not even just not even just a little bit more consistency hitting the ball, but just less of strike striking out, you know, less, less, less of not even putting the ball into play. Like if he's able to, you know, put the ball into play a lot more and the same thing with Barry Jones, put the ball into play yes. and see what happens. Whether it's like you said, getting a sacrifice or moving guys over or driving up a pitch count or, Whatever you get on base because it's an error. Yes, like just just put the ball in place. Stop. I feel like a lot of the times what I've seen with Joe Bear and with with Bear Jones is they are chasing low and away a lot. They chase low and away a lot. Um, you 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 saw it with Joe Bear last season. You see it with Joe Bear this season, and you're seeing it with Jones this season. They chase low and away a lot. They they they've got to. They've got to stop getting themselves down in the pitch count so quickly because they do. They do. Man, it feels like they get up there and they're, they're 0 2, 1 and 2, just like that. Like immediately, like they need to be do a better job of working the pitch count and 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 just getting balls into play. And if they're able to do that, you know, they're going to be in the lineup. Yeah. And we know what, what Jared Jones can do. Um, but. And I think he can get back on track. I really do. And Jared Jones, I think, eventually deserves uh, um, 
a spot in this lineup. And I think he'll be a consistent spot in this lineup. But right now he's sitting at 18 strikeouts, you know, on the season with 35 at bats. You're you're literally talking about striking out more, more than half the time right now. More than half the time right now. And and Joe Bear is is about one third. Uh, uh, like he's had, I think it was like 36 at bats, and he struck out 10 times. That you're 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 almost a third striking out. Like and and you just can't do that. So I. Right now, I, you know, Cade has come in. He has hit. He, he was five for seven off the bench. Five for seven. Six of eight, but yeah. or six of eight. Six of eight. And then he comes in on in his first start and gets two hits, and he he's on the base three times, and he flashed some leather last night. Like mm-hmm. we, this is a guy. A few years ago, we want we were thinking, okay, he's gonna be in the lineup his entire career, and he dealt with some injury. And he's and he's finally battled back, and he's here swinging the bat like out of his mind. So, like he was when he was a freshman. For the time being, Cade Beloso should be there. your first base. Yep. Like until Jared Jones or yep. Joe Bear gets back on track, he's your guy. And so, you need consistent production, and and that is what he is giving you right now. It's what he's giving you over Jared Jones right now, and, and so. That's what I see when I think of Cade Beloso starting over him or Napolt starting over Joe Bear is production. Peyton said, uh, he said, uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just curious if y'all change it. I like Cade over Joe Bear, just don't like Trey Lance. Hey, and look, I understand that, but as of right Trey's now, Trey's phenomenal at first. Trey is phenomenal at first. Trey's phenomenal at first. I can't, I can't disagree with that, Peyton. Like, it, and I said it earlier. Our lineup, you can move Trey to first, put Kate at the DH spot, and then put Joe Bayer, if he's if he's the one you have in the lineup, put him in in the outfield. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. It's the same lineup. So either way, um I, you just gotta have Kate in there right now. That that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Have if you want to put Trey at first, fine, but have Cade in the lineup. He needs to be in the lineup. If he ain't I, at first, then he needs to be at right. DA. Look, if, if Cade ends up like slipping and like it just isn't working out, you know, work one of them back in. But when Tommy White is healthy at the very current moment, to maximize your batting lineup, to to maximize production. Trey has to stay in left because you sure ain't going to put Cade Beloso out in left field, right? Like, to but so to maximize what you can do at the plate and score more runs and win more games, which is the goal, you, you, the goal at the end of the game is to score more runs than another team. If that means maximizing your lineup, putting Trey out in left field, I'm okay with it right now. I, I really am because he, he – other than the very first time he was out there in Round Rock and he ran to the wall, guys, Trey has made some. I mean, he's Great. he is doing in left field what he's been doing at first base his whole. Didn't career. he have like the diving catch? Was it on Friday? Or he's Friday? had like he's had like three of them, dude. He's yeah. had like three of them. Yeah, I mean, he's playing great, and, and so you know, I, I would rather him be out there than Joe Bear because Joe Bear has shown that he can be a. a, a 
a liability out in, uh, in left field. So if you're kind of questionable in the outfield and you're striking out a third of the time, right? This is guys, like we're not trying to name I don't want to name call at all. Like we know that Joe Bear has some special power and Jared Jones, I mean he's guys, Jared Jones is a true freshman. Like he's a true freshman and what he has done so far has been great. He's just going to have to work his way back in the lineup, grow and and mature as a player because he's a true freshman. And and they both are extremely talented, but the reality is that dude this is a very, very stacked lineup, and it is going to be very hard to stay in it consistently. Unless your name is Trey Morgan, Dylan Cruz, and Jordan Thompson. D- Trey Morgan, Dylan Cruz, Jordan Dugas. Gavin Dugas. You, you, you don't really know if your spot is absolutely guaranteed, so you got to come out and do it every darn day. And the reality is those two have not. Like, we're trying to win championships, so we want what is best producing. What he is and what he's doing right now, Jay is, is putting a lineup out that's going to produce the most. Now, I honestly, honestly think we're going to continue to see Joe Barrett third. I think we're going to continue to see that. I'm really, I'm really um, curious to see what happens tomorrow night after Joe Bear has really kind of struggled a little bit. I wonder if Napolt gets the start over him. But the reality is, Zach, like you're going to have to compete all year long in this line because it's so talented. We talked about it from day one, at, you know, offseason. Once we got all these transfers in, we got all these freshmen in, dude, there's nine spots. There is only nine spots. So you got to bring your best to make this lineup. It is the best offensive lineup in the country by far. Zach, we. There were, I mean, we were putting in the lineup seven or eight guys all weekend long that were hitting 300 or better. Like, you you really got to be on your stuff if you want to stay in this lineup consistently because there's dudes knocking behind the door, trying to get your spot, wanting some playing time, trying to get their innings in, trying to get their reps in because the reality is, it's a super talented team, so you you got to lock it in and you got to play consistently, or they're going to try something else. And right now, I think that's what you're doing. Sorry about that. Uh, Dad tried to call me like three times. Uh, Facetime. All, all good. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, so let's get into tomorrow night because tomorrow night is is a little interesting. Regarding the pitching, I do agree with you. I'm interested to see who who will start at third base. Will they continue with Joe Bear, or will they, or, or will they put in the pulp? Uh, it seems like they are going to throw Riley Cooper. Um, I'll tell you what, though, I would love to see Nate Ackenhausen start and see how long he can go again. Um, we had him on the show; he looked phenomenal. I'm not just saying that because he came on the show. Like, I genuinely would love to see him go and start. Uh, because I, I – and he may be one of those guys where it's it's like Riley Cooper where you really just prefer him to come out of the pen. But, look, I mean, Skeens is a righty. Thatcher Hurd is a righty. Um, Ty Floyd is a righty. So, 
it'd be good to have a really solid left-handed starting pitcher. Um, and I would love to see somebody like a Nate Ackenhausen, maybe Riley Cooper. I, I just really believe that Riley Cooper is better coming out of the pen. I think he is just so much more valuable coming out of the pen. Yeah, um, hey, but look, Garrett Edwards, dude. I tweeted yeah, about him. Dude, he yeah, looked man. great this weekend. He came in bases juiced, no outs. And in that situation, you what do you have to have? Strike a out. strikeout. And he came in, he threw, I think, three or four pitches. He recorded the strikeout. Velo's way up. And then way he, up. And then, yeah, and his Velo's up. And then he got the ground ball to produce a double play, and, and then it was over. I, I'd be interested to also see him get a start. Now, I know you're probably not going to see that tomorrow night because he played, I think, what, what was it, two, three innings yeah. the other yeah. day. So you probably don't see him come in and start. But, look, I would love to see him get a start. Um, I think Christian Little has – we saw it against Texas. We saw him come in. Um, I think was – it, was it last night or was it – no, it wasn't last night. When was it? Whenever they come in two to, games in a row, were, I think they put it in as a kind of save opportunity uh, because he, you were trying to. He, preserve he's looking it. like the closer. The ten run rule seems like yeah. he is kind of, yeah, become the closer there. Um, so I'm going to take him off the list of potential, you know, four starter. Um, I, and obviously you have Chase Shores, but Chase Shores is not going to go tomorrow. So I mean, who, Reagan, who would you like to see? I, I mean, I, I think you know four guys that you do have. Obviously, Skeens. Floyd, Hurd, and Shores. Is there another guy that – I mean, because we were talking, you know, you got five games, six days, who's going to be the starters? We've seen the four we expected. So who's the fifth one for you uh, tomorrow night against Lamar? Well, well, honestly, I think it's Riley Cooper, and that's yeah. the guy I want to see. Um, I, I think he's your, your, your next best option uh, at starter in terms of experience and uh, what he can do, you know, left-handed pitcher. I, but like Zach, this is um, um, the way this has played out with this four-game weekend schedule. Is I think now you start to see the transition. Like you're you're probably going to see uh, um, Riley pitch the midweek, um, and and then I think you see him in the weekend coming out of the pen, and then I think Chase Shores becomes your kind of your midweek guy. Because, I mean, really, it seems like Skeens, Floyd, and and Hurd separated themselves this weekend. Um, so I think I think that uh, um, Cooper really is your fourth guy, or, or fifth, fourth, fourth, fifth. Um, to and I think he gets the start tomorrow, and I think he should. And I think because of this schedule, uh, it will now work him into the pin. I, th- I think that it's kind of played out perfectly for them. Yeah. Uh, they really – Jay Johnson and Wes Johnson have really handled this well, the way they have played it out with the first few weekend series, putting Hurd in the midweek, letting him pitch against Texas, kind of work his way in. He pitched – you know, then you had the four-game stretch, so you pitch Hurd on Monday. So It was, it was very right on out. purpose. It was yes. Very, you then know, you worked it wasn't like, right. let's try things out here and put right – it was a very on-purpose thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Riley works into the midweek for this week. And then, well, I think you'll see him in the pen. Uh, and that Monday game sets, um, 
sets Hurd up to come and pitch on this next coming Sunday and kind of start that rotation as you head toward – because this is your last weekend before SEC play, and it starts to head that way with those three guys um, in the weekend rotation come SEC play. So I think it's Riley. I think it's Riley Cooper because so, I think I think that's been the plan. So Ryan brings up money, and I, I wanted to say this because I thought about it the other day. This is this is insane, dude. This is insane when you compare last year to this year. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Blake Money last year was your Friday night guy. Open opening day. Opening day. I mean, your, eventually Blake Money was. Eventually, yeah, but for part of the, a good part of the season, yeah. he was your Friday night ace. <laughs> well, and now, know. and now. He hardly sees the, the sees the field out of yeah. the pen. That's that the is the yeah. That is the difference in LSU's pitching staff this year. Absolutely, you went from a guy who was going to be your Friday, who started as your Friday night ace last year, and this year doesn't even see the field hardly at all. Um. And you know, I think I think Blake Money is a good pitcher. I'm not taking anything away from him. It this is all a credit to the job that the staff has done in Absolutely. in fixing this pitching pitching staff with the starting rotation and the bullpen. Phenomenal job um, by what they've done. But yeah, I think we could see Money as well. Uh, I think he's the guy you you probably you probably see in a midweek uh, in the midweek games a lot. Um, so we'll see. Um, we also did not see Will Helmers this weekend, who had a really good weekend. Um, we don't, I don't think we see what we saw, we saw Will Helmers at I, all. I think he weekend. warmed up. I think he was warming up. He did not go into the game. He didn't uh, go in the game. You're so, right. You know, maybe we see him tomorrow night. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think I agree with you. I think Raleigh Cooper gets the nod. Uh, I would love to see Nate Ackenhausen get a start at some point in a midweek at, at the very least. I know he wants to, you know, potentially maybe get a start. Um, I think he's earned that from the last two outings, at least a, a look there. Um, but we'll see what they do. They may value him in the pen a lot more. Um, Reagan, let's take a quick break. And then um, when we come back, we can uh, discuss uh, LSU women's basketball, but we can recap a little bit more baseball. But specifically uh, discuss uh, women's basketball, uh, the, what, everything that happened this weekend and right. uh, or this week, this past week, I should say, in the SEC tournament and then moving forward. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Back at it. Here to discuss the the last segment here, Zach. Um, last little tidbit on baseball, and, and then we'll get into it. Zach Lamar is a solid team. Uh, this will be a very good midweek game. 
Uh, Lamar beat A&M. Now, A&M doesn't seem to be as good as they were last year, but Lamar, the last I saw, they were undefeated, but that, that may They've have lost changed. Two games. They've lost two okay. games. Okay. I was about to say last. I think last I saw they were like seven and zero, but that was when that was when they were seven and zero, and it had been a while since then. So, uh, but but still a, a, a solid baseball team that you can't sleep on. Uh, um, coming in tomorrow night, you got to come out, you got to be ready, or you can get surprised and take a quick L. Um, so, got to be ready at all times when it comes to college baseball because anybody can beat anybody on any night. Um, right. So, Zach, the women's basketball SEC tournament, just to kind of recap that real quick, really didn't end the way you wanted it to. I mean, you know, obviously they they won their first game in advance against Georgia to play Tennessee in the semifinals, and you lose there. Zach, really disappointing loss. I mean, I'm not upset, but, I mean, it was a disappointing loss from, I think, two ways. Number one, you had a big lead. You, you had a big lead, and you gave points. it up. Yeah, seventeen points, and you gave it up. And I absolutely, it absolutely makes me sick when a referee essentially determines an outcome the way uh, that it did. Um, in that moment, you know, <laughs> in that moment. When you make a call like that, you practically handed Tennessee the game. the game. I mean, you ended the game, and it is very clear. I mean, I, I think, I think there was a little, little bit too much from from Angel Reese with her arm. I, I think she she could have done a little bit less, and I think that's why it drew the call. But very clearly, had beat her to the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tennessee player was 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 behind her essentially had not gotten to the spot first was moving the entire way. Um, I mean everybody and there was a recent foul before that call. Yeah, the guard, the, the really good player, number two uh, for Tennessee, yeah. the guard came over and just swiped her, just swiped her on the arm, no call, and you know. <sighs> You, the 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 reality is, the reality is though, as irritating as that final call was, it should not have happened. It should not Correct. have happened. Correct. You had a it's big not lead. On the refs. It's, you you should have. Yeah. Not on the refs. It makes you sick when something like that happens. But the reality is, it, it's on you because you had a big lead and you should have sustained the big lead, mm-hmm. but you didn't. And you live with it and you move forward. Um. You know, you lose one game in the semifinals and you drop five spots apparently in the AP poll. Um, hopeful, I'm hoping that that the NCAA does not screw LSU in seeding this Sunday. I think I think they're going to be a two seed because of this. It's just kind of crazy that you have the greatest uh, or match your greatest regular season record ever with one loss and somehow you're a two seed. But anyways, I just I, – <laughs> I, anyways. That's I think they have to – I think LSU kind of – If they're a three seed, it's absurd. If they're it's a three absurd. seed, I will lose my it's mind. Absurd. I will lose my mind if they're a three seed. I, I, I really will. Um, I think LSU, though, maybe there has to be, you know, some respect earned by 
you know, NCA and, and the committee, and maybe so because you know they they kind of earned some respect last year, and now seems like they're there. Maybe next year they start to get a little bit more respect if they continue the success, which they will because they're going to bring back a lot. I mean, you won't have Alexis Morris, you won't have Ladezia Williams, but you're bringing back Angle. You're you're bringing back your best player, Angel Reese. Yeah. So, I think you know next year maybe they'll be respected a little bit more. I did think nine was just absurd to drop them to. I have to agree with that. And look, the other thing that blew my mind: you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me that Angel Reese is not a top fifteen women's college basketball player. Wooden Award watch list or whatever. Whoever is in charge of these committees, you screwed up royally. Now, I am going to be pissed about this. I'll be pissed if they put them as a three seed, but I am already pissed off about this. Angel Reese was arguably the best player in college basketball. Now, I get you got Aaliyah Boston over at South Carolina. I get you, you got the was it the Clark Clark girl over at Iowa? Iowa, yeah. I get you got those two girls, and they very, very much deserve the praise that they and they were two that were there, right? Yeah. But Angel Reese is up there with those two girls, and you're telling me she was not a top, not just top three, she wasn't a top fifteen on the list. Are you stupid? <laughs> like, did you, do you even watch the games? Do you even look at the stats? Or do you just go, oh, yeah, they're a, they're a blue collar. Put their best player on the list. Like, and maybe that's why I'm saying LSU has to earn the respect a little bit because of, because of that. Like, but are you just not watching at all? Like, do you not keep up with any of the any <laughs> any awards at all? Like apparently not. Apparently, apparently not. not. <laughs> apparently you're just oblivious to what's going on in the SEC outside of South Carolina. It just blew my mind. Absolutely absurd and just downright stupid. Just stupid. That Angel Reese was not in the top 15. I would understand if it was, like, top five. Like, maybe. Maybe then I'd be like, okay, I guess I kind of understand. Top 15? You're stupid. You're stupid. Period. It was a complete robbery that Angel Reese did not make the top 15 uh, for the Wooden Award. It's really a robbery. She didn't make top five. I mean, for being honest. Ridiculous. And I love how she responded. She came to Twitter and she said, bet. She just tweeted. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch that's, out. That seems to be her mo. That uh, seems to be her mo about things. You know, when Aaliyah Boston won SEC Player of the Year, everybody's like, "Okay, like we get it." But also, the statistics are there with Angel Reese. I mean, let's. The stats are overwhelmingly. I mean, I think the physical dominance of Aaliyah Boston is undeniable. Um. But the statistics of Angel Reese are also very undeniable as well. Uh, I mean, 20, what is it, 29 double doubles now? 28? 28, I think. You know, 28 double doubles in 29 games, and you're not. Anyways, 
that's I mean you're you're absolutely right. It's absurd, but you move on. You, you take it on the chin. Uh, you really wanted to play. I really wanted to see them play South Carolina again in the championship Sunday and maybe play a little bit of a closer game than it was in Columbia. You saw the um, result, though. You, yeah, you saw the result. It is what it is. You move on. Look, and I think they've handled it well. They're, you know, a, a, a Angel Reese was like, you know, it's still go Tigers. Uh, Lex, Alexis Morris was like, hey, it's tournament time. Let's go, you know. Once you get to March Madness time, once you get into that that SC, that not SEC the the big boy tournament, the big dance, it's all on the line. It's win or go home. It is yeah. what it is. And you know what? LSU's got a really talented team. They're going to be a great seed. You're going to host at least a few games. I'm pretty sure. Um, so really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Uh, in the tournament and see how far they can get because LSU is one of the best teams in the country, and I really think that they could make a deep run this year. I don't think they win it this year, but I think I do think they can make a deep run, and I, I'm really looking forward uh, to watching it because March Madness is always fun. Uh, Zach, in other basketball news, I think we need to mention it. K.J. Williams was, was listed second team All-SEC. He earned his honors. Um, I think it was well deserved. KJ, yep. you know, regardless of what the record was, um, oh, was faithful was to this team. All season, played his butt off all season long. Even though you know it was a tough stretch of losses, he he came out every night and put up great numbers. Played hard, played with heart. You know, so the respect is due. He he's second team All SEC, and I, I think he deserved it. Zach, uh, the men actually play tomorrow night. Uh, SEC tournament starts for them against Georgia at eight o'clock. I'll be watching it. Um, you know, maybe just maybe they can make a little run in this SEC tournament and finish the season off strong. Um, I, I'll again, this again. I mean, we're really looking toward the off season and see how that plays out. Um, but you, you, I, I for the sake of the players and, and for the sake of the program, I mean, and and, and me as a fan, like I, I want to see them win. Like I, I don't care for sure about oh, what what the record is or. You know what? I, like I want to see them win. So Wednesday night when they're when they tip off against Georgia, I'll be watching and I'm gonna be pulling for them. Um, it's SEC tournament, and I'd like to see them make a little run. Maybe maybe play a few games close. I don't know. You know, make some noise a little bit and then go out, go out with heart. So I think that's about all you can do this year. I mean, that's all you can do. So, anyways, that that's those are my thoughts on. The, the women's SEC tournament and the men's basketball tournament, best of luck to the men's. Uh, it's up in Nashville. Really, I was going to – yeah, I, I was kind of set on going this year, but obviously with how it's played out, I'm you know I'm not going to spend my money and go over there. I will definitely watch them, but I'm definitely not going to spend that kind of money to go over there and watch that. Um, so best of luck to the Tigers, though, in Nashville. Um, um, we'll be pulling for you regardless of what happens. Zach, has you got, got any more thoughts on that, or we need to hit our last break and then come back and wrap it up? I'll say our last break, and uh, then we'll wrap up the show. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, 
Make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys, been a great show. Appreciate all y'all coming in here and uh, commenting and interacting. As always, it's always fun. Um, it's a great time to be a Tiger. LSU baseball is in full swing. Um, really looking forward to SEC play kicking off in, in just a short amount of time. Uh, um, so it's good. I think we have a great start. Um, I, I, people are like, man, this is a daunting, you know, first few three series in the SEC. And at the beginning of the season, I would have said absolutely. But now, you know, you've kind of played a few games, and Texas A&M isn't really whatever I thought they were going to be. Tennessee, it, you know, isn't what they used to be completely new. Tennessee, if y'all have not looked yet, is a completely new team, completely new. Other than the pitchers, I think Blake Burke, their first baseman, is their only returner from last year that had like 100 at-bats or something like that. So completely remade team. So I, I think you actually have a great start to the SEC play. You go to College Station, uh, which will be a great road series to open up SEC play against a team, you know, that isn't, you know, daunting, like let's say going to Florida right now or, or to Ole Miss or something like that. Uh, and then you get a, a, a tough task, but they come to you in Arkansas. And then you'll see Tennessee. So I really like the way the SEC schedule is shaping up because you're going to be tested on the road, but not a a too scary of opponent in Texas A&M. And then you have a top ten opponent in Arkansas coming to Baton Rouge. I, I really like the way that has played out. So I'm looking forward to that uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, best of luck to all the Tigers. Uh, Sunday uh, will be selection day for the women. Really going to be watching to see how it falls and plays out. Uh, and, and who they will be playing against once the tournament starts. Looking forward to that. Hey, pull for your Tigers tomorrow night. They're playing against Georgia. Turn the game on. Give them a watch. Support them. We're LSU fans. You know, win, lose, do or die, we're going to pull for them. So turn it on. Cheer for the Tigers. Maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, they'll get out in Nashville with at least one dub. With at least one. We'll see you tomorrow night, though. All right, guys. We got all those games and all these things that are about to play out within this next week, and we'll always be discussing it here in the Tigers Avenue next episode. We'll see you next time. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace.